Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about the season opener for season four. It's titled 401 Unauthorized. Do you recognize that? That is an HTML error code. It sure is. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, technically a status code, but I'll ah. give it to you. Uh, I looked up all of the ones in the 4XX block. There's 403 not found. No, 404, 404 not found. Not found. 403 yeah. redirected? I think, no, that's 301 is ah. a redirect, a temporary redirect. 30 stuff is like a just a bunch of redirects, I think. Yeah, so I looked up all these because people were speculating, rightfully so, like, mm-hmm. What are they going to do for all these episodes with these response codes? Um, would you like me to run down all 13 of them that could possibly apply? Sure. Yes. Okay. I'm going to try and do it quick so we don't annoy people. Uh, 401 unauthorized, obviously. 402 payment required. 403 forbidden. 404 not found. 405 method not allowed. 406 not acceptable. 407 proxy authentication required. 408, request timeout. 409, conflict. 410, gone? I added the question mark. 411, <laughs> length required. 412, precondition failed. And 413 used to be called request entity too large. Now it's requi- it's called payload too large. Whoa. Pa- what could the payload be I for don't the know. final episode? Um, I thought there was another one about the server combusting. 420. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's it. Shut it down. We can't beat that joke. Uh, oh, I, th- I think I think it's it's quite easy. Uh, it. I saw some people discussing like they might actually do the entire season that way, like yeah. episode four hundred one, episode. So I think on IMDb the next work. two are listed uh-huh. as the the next two codes. Yeah. So they might they might. And I was wondering when I I thought oh, oh, oh this is season four they could do four oh four not found that mm-hmm. might be interesting. What are they going to do? But they've never done that in the past. So I was always right. It's always been something techy, but it's yeah. like, you know there's always been different like archival. Suffixes uh-huh. and different file formats uh, referenced, but I don't. I could see because it does look like there's a little bit of a mystery about whether Angela might be still alive or doing something, and that's like feeding mm-hmm. into the you know what mysterious white rose shit's going on. Um, and like four hundred four not found could maybe reference that, mm-hmm. but I don't know because there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on in this episode, uh, and, yeah, and, and sure to to be going on in this season as a whole. Uh, that that I, I don't know. I don't know. And there's, um, at the beginning of this episode, another thing I wanted to talk about, there's dedication to Steve Golan, who I found out by researching was actually, he's a producer on Mr. Robot and actually Spotlight, which won a Best Picture Oscar oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2016, I think. Uh, but he was also the founder and CEO of Anonymous Content LLC, which is the production company that makes Mr. Robot. So... You know, that's kind of a big loss. He died in April yeah. uh, of this year. So, yeah, de- dedicated to Steve Golan. Hope- hopefully, you know, the show will not suffer without him too much. We can talk about uh, the number of viewers that Mr. Robot got. Not great, Bob. Yeah. So I got a 1.3 share of the, the all-vital 18 to 49 demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, which translates to like 440,000 viewers, hmm. which is down from the season three opener, which was like 680. So, you know, lost another third of its viewers. 
Uh, Not as big as fall off from season two to season three, though. Yeah. And what's interesting is that uh, this is crazy popular on Reddit. Like, I've uh-huh. never seen something so far outstrip its audience. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense with Mr. Robot kind of like fitting Reddit like a glove. But still, yeah. like, there's 130,000 active Redditors on that subreddit. So, like, damn, a third of the adult population that watches Mr. Robot is also on Reddit talking about <laughs> it. That's incredible. It's incredible. I hope we see that many for the expanse because yeah, it would a be similar nice. audience level. But it would be nice to see that level of, of engagement. And I think it's all like not all of it, but a good chunk of that is based on the ARG too, mm. where people just get really into yeah. that ARG stuff. And we we're not going to go. We never have gone too deep into that stuff here on yeah. the podcast because we're not honestly. It's a full time job. Yeah, to to dig into that stuff. I know uh-huh. there are Discord servers where people are just like hammering on these websites, mm-hmm. but but we will mention like that those things are out there and sort of where you can find them. Stuff and as like they that. surface information, that's interesting because yeah. like, you know, for example, there is a Looney law firm uh-huh. that Jake Busey is uh, affiliated with. And that's a real website you can yep. go to. And I'm sure there's some kind Same of in- with the bank, the Cypress national, there's yep. some kind of embedded encrypted image that if you play yep. it, unlocks a iPhone video game that if you get the high score on, will unlock a personal message from Sam Esmail. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming like the username you would use on that is maybe Flomax on like the Cypress website, but I don't, yeah. I, we can't get into it. it right. would, it's it's too much. Right. But someone will crack it by Friday right. and we'll we'll talk about if there's anything interesting that came out of that. For sure. Okay. Should we get into the episode? Oh, well, what'd you think of it? First of all, I thought I missed Mr. Robot. There's nothing really on TV like it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that just immediately grabbed my attention like the previously on yeah how they don't ever stop it it just smoothly blends into the new information in fact i was watching them like man they're really wanting me to pay attention to this philip price angela because i just watched this last week this episode like they really want me to pay attention then i'm like but i don't remember them i don't remember angela getting up i don't Mm. and then i realized what they were doing they're just like immediately you know grounding this in a set in time and, and reminding us like that there hasn't been a time jump now there is a time jump in this like immediately after this yeah the next scene jumps two months like when we go from you know white roses back of her head over to to new york city we essentially jump forward a, a several months to all the way yeah. to january but i know no, no. i'm sorry all the way to december december, december okay, 22nd yeah. to be precise uh-huh. and i thought that was amazing um yeah I, and sam Esmail's Man, he's so good at these these cinematic uh, flourishes. Yeah, D- he just keeps continuing to up the ante, doing things I've never seen done on television. Uh, y- you look at something like Homeland; he did that with kind of the credit sequence mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. the end credits, where he would just kind of let the, the camera roll. Yeah. And yeah, you would see like a uh, character pacing, and just like it gave it a moment to sink in. And then in this, I felt like I was already in the story before I was actually in the story. Yeah, <laughs> with this this recap just going seamlessly into the show was great yeah um and there's a lot of things like that that we'll be talking about i thought there's a few things that um little bit either heavy-handed or unbelievable i mean i i've always been bothered by like the financial details or the actual real world Mm -hmm. details of financial collapse and i think it's uh i didn't think they did a great job of showing the world being financially devastated and it's somewhat unbelievable to me that the world can be undevastated that quickly and i thought Mm. maybe they were going to go for like well the one percent has recovered i mean that's one of the 
common criticisms of the uh, recovery since 2008 is that like a lot of brokers and wealthy people and people with investment and retirement accounts have have come come off pretty well but people that don't have that the lower classes the uh, the, the the people at the fr- on the fringe of the uh, middle class that are kind of hanging on have been left behind. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the income or the the wealth gap, it's just gotten worse and worse in the last twelve years. So, um, I thought they were going to suggest that, but when you look at the world, it seems like it's just literally gone back to pre five nine. Except now there's a layer of e coin on top, right? And, and which is and, just enriching the rich even and, further. And people. Uh, lionizing the wrong people like like you know the, the, Wellick. Uh-huh. the fact that he is being hailed as a hero the fact that he's being hailed by a hero from the 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 what was it the treasury department who was the the secretary of the treasury or whatever who we saw like you know how they're the u.s government's all complicit with this too it's just it feels mm-hmm. very it, it like like elliot says like everything's just gotten worse like yeah. uh white rose getting away with this has just emboldened her and it's just going to keep happening and keep happening I I felt like they should have shown like you know a little bit of uh, uh, underclass resentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, 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 funny enough, the 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 Joker film that just came out last week that we reviewed does very very well hmm. of show uh, like showing a world where like the garbage collectors are on strike and yeah. there's like everybody's just kind of on edge and it's harder and harder to but but people like the Waynes are doing well. Uh, something that Miss Robots always struggled with, I think they continue to struggle with. But made my peace with it. I'm going to, again, top dab. Uh, it's just <laughs> one thing that drives me crazy, and I'm going to not harp on it all season long. Okay. Yeah, are you ready to get into the episode Why itself? not? Okay, we're going to do a full recap on this one, like we always do. All right. I feel like Mr. Robot deserves it. There's so many little things. In it each would honestly scene. be harder to do, a yeah. because like everything is just so wild and out there and interconnected. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being interconnected, yeah, we roll right from previously on to this episode. Um Angela continues on from where she left off last season and says she wants to expose White Rose and she's going to do it with or without Philip's help. Uh, Philip pleads with her, begs her to move on in uh, a little flourish that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And then she refuses and the DA kills her. Uh, I like that Dark she, Army, she goes a step attorney. past him and she we don't see what she sees. Yeah. I mean, I figured what we it knew, was. Yeah. But like, yeah, the Dark Army just waiting. And yep. it turns out he's wearing a wire. Mm-hmm. Um fuck what an, an intense scene and the show yeah. you know philip price was such a powerful person in, in in season one to the to to the extent that i wasn't even sure who was top dog between her and between him and white rose mm-hmm. and now white rose's victory is just so complete yeah like she's right. murdered his child she recruited his child then murdered his child um and you have this once powerful man saying the only way to survive this is to beg yeah for forgiveness yeah. beg for uh, yeah. a seat at the table uh-huh and uh like you know she even put, put at the end where he's like just so impotently angry it's like you know if you need to vent your rage on me i'll take it we both know i'm very good at it and like that's that's also a threat because look at you look at what you're acting out has got you so far mm-hmm. do you want more of this do you want more temporary you know feeling good about yourself and then finding out how deep your shithole can go or do you want to just finally you take the advice you gave to your daughter you dumbass yeah and he's just utterly defeated utterly defeated yeah and this is a huge deal i mean i i don't know how many people thought angela was going to be killed uh this early in the season especially there was a lot of just because how little she was in the trailer but 
I still think there might be. I, I do think Angela is dead. Yeah. I, I don't think um, there's going to be some kind of complicated sci-fi thing that brings her back or some kind of like robot thing. But clearly with Darlene, mm-hmm. her drug habit, her guilt, um, the things that she is feeling right now, there is something happening. There's some kind of delusion. Yeah. And I think that the, it wouldn't be surprised if there's some flashbacks or if they just like really more fully explore, explore that. Um I think maybe Angela will be her Mr. Robot. But, but I do I think know. it's the right move to kill Angela here. And I read an e- uh, interview with Sam Esmail who was talking about this. And he said, essentially, we really didn't want to kill Angela. But we f- we saw no way forward for this character who was so set on her actions, her next yeah. move. Uh, we, we saw no way the White Rose would let her live. Yeah. Um, and, and just be out there potentially finding out about her secrets, about her project. There was just no possible way. So they decided to do this. And I think it's smart, too, from the perspective of Angela as a character doesn't have any power here. And this last season is all about, you know, what power can you bring to the table to fight against White Rose? I just don't I didn't see Angela's role in this whole struggle. Yeah, and Sam Asmail has made some comments last season and, and since then about kind of poo-pooing actual time travel yeah. like the, the, and I think that killing a true believer is kind of also on a meta way telling the fans like hey make peace with the fact that hmm. you know Angela's mom's not coming back there that, that this isn't going to be some kind of magic thing that you know at best what White Rose is talking about hacking time is like a poetic way of describing I mean she's she's doing something big clearly yeah that's going to consolidate her power in in the world but and you know just even the, in the preview episode i was still hopeful that there was something you know particle acceleratory mm-hmm. going on that's going to to be kind of like more or less back to the future and i just that since that in this episode i feel like nah it's it's they did show it in the previously on though they show that facility again yeah so i i mean like at, at this point i'm i'd rather because I was just I, I I think I said something about like if 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 it's not something a little science fictiony I'll be disappointed and yeah. I was thinking uh, of that since then I'm like that's kind of setting the show up for failure um, and do I really think that what I really want is some kind of really awesomely satisfying like like as soon as you hear her plan and what's going to do you should be like oh my god oh my god yeah. that's incredible and mm-hmm. that could be time travel but it also could be some kind of global way to hack google search results to only return information that she approves of (laughs) you know so like think of how much control you could have over the world's financial markets if Mm -hmm. you could do that if you could bury any story you could promote any point of view you could you could besmirch any reputation or build anyone up to be the ceo like if you could do that if you could steer human development in that kind of way or it could be like uh, something where they're she's hacking the markets and wall street with like some new form of computing to get to to hack the time it takes to input like a trade or something right like it could be that simple and sort of weirdly mundane or like there's this the like the asimov idea of the in the foundation and uh, an empire where you've got this guy who develops his branch of science that allows you to predict on a macro level human mm. behavior with yeah. enough computing power right 
that is like you know if you could if it turns out that like you know at, at a macro level if you look at us as in, in millions and billions and such as individually mm-hmm. that we all kind of behave some kind of emergent behavior and if someone could crack that look my god mm-hmm. the the things you could do in the stock market think you could do the things you could do in the worldwide political stage would be essentially mind control magic sure. brainwashing uh, but it would all be you know statistical analysis essentially so it could be something yeah. like that um i mean and I'd rather be shocked and some surprised at some kind of Doctor Who shit that comes out of nowhere than to be expecting it and then be disappointed at a, you know, just a sophisticated hack of mm-hmm. worldwide data, you know? Yeah, I, and I like the route that a lot of people are thinking where, you know, White Rose is a true believer in the concept that she's pursuing, but in the end it turns out it's just not possible. Yeah. It was a pipe dream. Um, that's another one that like yeah. she 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 might be a true believer in the Doctor Who stuff but it's just because she's delusional and right. she's gotten so powerful and, and that so she many thinks... other people that she's convinced are also you know uh, I guess sad enough mm-hmm. you know to believe in this to, to buy into the hope yeah. of her promises yeah and there's a little bit I don't, I don't know if you how much of the research you got to do but there's a few hints of that in this episode itself kind of buried below the surface so we'll yeah. talk about yep uh, so then we go to well, we go to a phone call between White Rose and Philip. Um, Philip curses her for killing his daughter, uh, and then we we cut over to White Rose, whose new assistant tells her Elliot's scheme for the Congress shipment is working, and they should have this all figured out, all done in two months, just in time for the holiday. Right, and she White Rose hopes that Elliot enjoys his last Christmas because they're keeping him on a short leash and they're sending him a reminder about what's at stake here and what they can do. Uh, and you know he's basically on a ticking clock at this point. I love the framing of her body in that dress in front of that horizon, uh-huh. and just how like majestic but isolated she appeared. And I love the like buzz over her head or over the ocean to New York City. Um, I I thought that's all great. Um, and then I love like you know because I'm a sucker for Christmas as we talked about in the in the season preview, but doing that right into the little drummer boy with mm-hmm. Rockefeller Plaza and it's, it's full glory. It's such a great way to flash forward in time. Yeah. Why did white Rose get rid of grant and just bring back female grant 2.0? <laughs> I think it's cause grants grants problem was so grant didn't kill grant didn't get killed because he didn't trust Elliot. Because White Rose clearly doesn't trust Elliot. Like, White Rose needs Elliot at this point, but it's going to kill him anyway. Uh, my read on Grant getting killed is that he he sort of overstepped the, the, the line when he didn't let Elliot... He was about to not let Elliot do the, the Congo deal, right? Like, he couldn't get done the thing that White Rose wanted him to get done. Uh, to to bring everything over from the Congo, and Elliot was offering a solution, and he was going to throw that away, and so that's why Grant got killed. I mean, it could be a yeah, like a like, uh, and, and just a timing thing. Like Grant has been saying this from the jump, and White Rose knows that if she had killed him, like every single time that Grant asked it, that she her project wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and now you've got uh, Grant two saying this, but. 
he is at the end of his useful. He has, a, uh, you know, like if this feels like the final step, like piece in her puzzle. Yeah, for and sure. And once it's done, that she wouldn't possibly need uh, Mr. Robot or Mr. Alderson. So yeah, it 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 does it does track. I think it, I think so. I, I just want to talk about. It. Also, did you see? Uh, some sharp-eyed people online pointed out that in Elliot's Red Wheelbarrow journal that he was keeping in season two that you could actually buy as like a supplemental feature. Uh-huh. Um, he talks about Leon uh, meeting several times with a cute, nerdy Asian girl okay. in prison and that he was always cagey about his relationship with her. Hmm. I think that you could describe Grant 2.0 as uh, a cute, nerdy Asian girl. Mm-hmm. I wonder if... Uh, I mean... Clearly, it's not going to hinge on this journal that probably one percent of the Mister Audience, Mister Robot Audience, actually bought. Yeah, but a eh, cool, cool detail if true. If true. Before we continue with the episode, I want to do some housekeeping here for BaldMove.com. Of course, Rick and Morty. We're talking about season three every Tuesday. This week, we're talking the whirly Durly conspiracy and how to wreck the galactic economy with the Wall Street Journal's Paul Vigna. Cecily and I continue to be covering American Horror Story Season 9, 1984. We have those episodes each Friday. Jim and I are covering the final season of The Deuce on HBO with each episode released on the corresponding Wednesdays. We're in the middle of spooky October, which means Cecily and I are doing the cinematic spooktacular Part 3, The Search for Spook. New episodes of that dropping on October 10th, 20th, and the 30th. All Hollows Eve Eve for your maximum spooky enjoyment. We have a ton of bald movies coming out. Last week, we discussed The Joker. Next week, we'll be talking El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie premiering on Netflix, as well as Zombieland 2, colon, Double Tap. Finally, don't forget, uh, for club members, we have the Fabulous Lunch with Jim and Aaron every Friday. It's the only show on the internet where Jim says... Lunchtime. So be excited. And that's what's happening this week at baldmove.com. All right, so then we go over to a law office Christmas party. Uh, it's Lomax and Looney Law. There's a letter that comes in for Freddy, the uh, looks like the owner of the company, uh, with a DVD and a cell phone in it. And it's a video of him getting off to a young girl, telling him that she loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a call comes in after he watches this on the cell phone. It's from Mr. Robot blackmails him to copy his his email inbox to a thumb drive with all the sensitive client information and bring it to him uh and i'm gonna kind of stop there because this this scene goes on for a very long time Mm -hmm. in its entirety yeah um you okay so what i'm thinking hmm, i've got a scene that i've written and it's it's got a pedophile in it and i need to cast an actor You go first. You go Where with Gary I, Busey. First, you go with Gary. Go with Gary Busey. Turns G- out Gary says he's like putting lug nut- nuts on his cat's house or something, uh-huh. and you say, "Okay, Gary, maybe not today." Uh-huh. You know anybody else? Uh, well, I, I think I think I think Jake's in the basement. Let's we'll see what he's doing. <laughs> uh, and then you, you you try that Jake Busey. Yeah, last, it's perfect. Last scene as a sleazy reporter in uh-huh. Hawkins, Indiana, on Stranger Things. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's all I can say without spoiling it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I, that's the thing I was thinking of, cause we've talked about this. Like anytime you see like a really ugly person, that's cast because they're really ugly or a really mm-hmm. fat person that's cast because they're really fat and dumpy or whatever. It's like, 
the, times 10. If you're being cast as a pedophile Wolf of Wall Street type, yeah. like, you, does, does that keep you up at night ever? <laughs> it's got to. The, like, you, you just you just bring a certain plausibility to the role, Jake. Yeah. You know? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you exactly what it is about you, but you got it. You got yeah. it, kid. Yeah. I, I noticed one of the, thing, the funny things when I was looking at the Lomax uh, uh, Looney law firm uh-huh. is that like they include free ice cream with consultations for you and your loved ones. Jesus Christ. You're literally operating like a pedophile ice cream truck out of or candy candy wagon out of your goddamn law firm. Yeah. You, you, and you you're talking person. about the website. So the there, website there is itself. a Lomax and Looney Law website. It's www.lomax-looneylaw.com. Mm-hmm. Looney and there, Looney turn- tunes. And, and that's one of those um one of the little content boxes on the website says that yeah yeah uh, i haven't i didn't find anything useful there i kind of went through i combed through the website looked through the code didn't find anything super useful i'm hoping did you see Reddit the email will. you get back if you send if you send him an email yeah yeah it's essentially it says you get an you get an, if you send a uh, an email to uh his email address you get an automated response back saying the partner you're trying to reach has taken an unexpected leave of absence mm-hmm. uh and then it ends with a quote i guess it's from nikola tesla that says the opinion of the world does not affect me i have placed as a real values in my life what follows when i am dead mm-hmm. which is ominous in in terms of just essentially anyone on the show yeah uh, absolutely as a point of view um and and probably you know near and dear to uh freddie's heart in this very moment yeah what will his family think when he's dead uh he's very concerned about this this email not getting to his wife and kids it's a nice return to form because the first time we meet elliot he's extorting a child predator yeah so yeah, it's it's uh it's it's there's a lot of return to season one like the whole hello friend mm-hmm. uh being the intro to this uh to this our, our experience with the season or the mr robot to you know sam espin himself saying goodbye friend at the end of the episode mm-hmm. lot, lots of nice callbacks yeah and i was thinking about um in this this next part of the scene uh where mr robot's sort of directing freddie through this drop mm-hmm. uh the distinction between mr robot and elliot and how they're going to be using that this season. And there are several moments in this episode where they kind of lay that out a little bit. Yeah, um, I love it. Mr. Robot is definitely the more rational of the two, the less emotional of the two, even though you see Elliot sort of objecting to that idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we shouldn't feel guilty about Angela, all these things, but clearly, clearly he does. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Robot is doing all the rational things. Let's not get it's not move too quickly here because we could get caught. And he's more cautious they get because caught. Mr. Robot's always been kind of the revolutionary, uh, right. crazy person. Yeah, in sort of a role reversal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then also he seems to be the more the more fatherly of the two, especially when it comes to Darlene, like, oh, which makes a lot of sense given his character. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he cares about, uh, you know, how Darlene's feeling, whereas Elliot just says she basically needs to fucking deal with it and not feel guilty about it and move on. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that stuff, um, as we get to it. So Mr. Robot directs Freddy through the drop with the DA on his tail. Uh, he directs him onto a train where they meet mm-hmm. and Elliot examines Freddy's inbox and traces White Rose's wire transfers back to a Cypress National Bank. And Freddy offers to connect him with a guy named John Garson. Uh, he doesn't have the address, so he has to go back to his office to get it. But then Elliot spots more DA on their tail because of a Bluetooth badge that Freddy's wearing. And they take off before the DA can find him. And then Elliot calls Freddie again outside the train station. And Freddie realizes 
it was never Elliot's intention to protect him from the DA. And or in even fact, if it he was, can't. he couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he blows his own head off. I thought it was, I liked the, in, the mention of Cyprus National Bank because um, Cyprus is a country that came up prominently in like the Panama Papers as setting up a lot of these, uh, hmm. these shell companies that are used by corporations to dodge their tax obligations to their native lands and also for criminals yeah. to launder money. And sometimes they're one and the same. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's like a real, like you, I actually did a search for uh cyprus as like because you can act there's actually a, a web portals where you can go and like look at uh, for different names and addresses and stuff within the panama papers and it'll tell you all results i just put in cyprus and it like just returned hundreds and hundreds of results yeah. so they're definitely one of those countries where kind of like at the at the nexus of that and like tying that wheel real world fact mm-hmm. that like people are actually stealing from your country and if and if you're listening in any kind of english-speaking part of the world or or any kind of western world like it, it, it applies to you. There are corporations stealing money out of us, the citizens' hands and out of the government coffers, and they're doing it all through these, like, they're clearly illegal ways, but they're doing it properly, so people are getting away with it. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast don't even know what the fuck the Panama Papers are. Yeah. Um, and it should have been a real explosive generational scandal, but it's just already been swept under the rug because so much other crazy shit's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a Cyprus National Bank website set up by uh, NBC Universal. If you want to go check that out, I I did not write down the URL for that. You might have to do some searching around on Reddit um, because I did a Google search trying to find it, and it turns out there are too many real Cyprus yeah. banks to actually find that on. <laughs> yeah, Google. I, I found it and was fucking around trying to figure out the ARG <laughs> and wound up setting up three shell corporations. <laughs> One in Greece, one in the Netherlands, and one in Switzerland. And uh, really, you didn't set one up on uh, in Costa Rica on Isla Nublar. Yeah, I should because I don't know if you knew if you saw this, but I, I freeze framed a lot of these emails and stuff and and documents. And apparently, Cyprus Zhejiang is running mm. all of the funds through a company called Ingen Network. <laughs> Which is hilarious because BD Wong, obviously, famously in yeah, Jurassic Park, is course, one of the scientists. And, and the shell company they set up is a Costa Rican company, and it's based out of the province of uh, Isla Nublar. And so there are three PDF files mm-hmm. that uh, he kind of opens up, which have like wire transfers. And they're all dated uh, 611.93, 519.97, and 616.01, mm-hmm. which are the years that the first three Jurassic Park movies came out. <laughs> Oh my God! Which is hilarious. White to me. Rose, the absolute mad lady, is going. Her, her actual plot is going to hack time by bringing dinosaurs back from the <laughs> Paleolithic era. Welcome to Jurassic Park, friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean that's just canon now. I think. I think so. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I wanted to talk about the the first part of this scene mm-hmm. with the dark army on Freddy's tail and Mr. Robot kind of directing him through the drop. Uh, that's really cool to me because we see Mr. Robot sort of as a proxy for Elliot sitting there looking through the security cameras. And I yeah. thought that was pretty brilliant. It's a great use. And like what you're saying about the framing of those characters, I love that. They, they, this happens several times and I want to call some of them out. But like the way they use the visualization of Mr. Robot, like you, he is the eyes and ears of Elliot in this bank. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, in, in the, the, the train Central, terminal. Yeah. Um, I, I really like what they're, what they're doing with that. And also 
I feel like this season's showing Elliot a little bit more willing to be messy. Like I kept on yeah. thinking that busker who got those wadded bills dropped in his his guitar case. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes the Dark Army a while to get to the subway. I bet they're just beating the shit. They might have killed that dude already. Tortured him, drug him into bed. Oh, God. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, do you think they're going to go away if if he just says, what the fuck are you doing, man? I'm just playing my guitar. Like, there's nothing he can say to get him out of that situation. Yeah, you're right. And, like, Elliot, there's a couple things where he says, like, later on when, you know, Mr. Robot's trying to appeal to him and he's... He's like, you know, he doesn't feel sorry for anyone that gets mixed up on this because they all deserve it. Yeah. And like, it'd be very easy to justify all to everyone in the nation because you could make an argument that we're all complicit in certain mm-hmm. things and certain societal systems that uh, are are killing people mm-hmm. and impoverishing people. Yeah, I, especially I'm wondering, a guy like Freddie, right? I mean, yeah. he's, he's looking the other way. He's not doing his job. Yeah. But uh, in previous seasons, I think Elliot would be very careful getting like some dude on the street, just ra- just using some dude as camouflage yeah. to throw the Dark Army off his tail. And now he's just using people that way. Mm-hmm. Scary. Yeah, it is. I, I, I do wonder why, being that there are two of these Dark Army guys, one of them doesn't check that that money and yeah. the other continues to follow freddy but Those buskers man they get wild and crazy you get you, 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 yeah. you, you don't you don't bust a busker with that backup all right <laughs> that's my philosophy in life <laughs> uh it's hilarious too when uh freddy shows up in this train car there's a poster for a television show called shift plus control yeah uh that's made by nbc and it's what was it? Uh, it's a guy in a Mr. Robot mask sitting on the edge of a building hacking. He's like a he's it's it's like a lurid Mr. Robot. Yeah, like a sexed yeah. up, sexy, right? Uh, mainstreamized yeah. version must, of must see Thursday nights. Yeah, that was shift hilarious. control. Uh, there's also an email address in there for RiseUp.net, which is a real website that provides communication tools for what they call "quote unquote" liberatory social change. So I don't know. Check that out if you're interested. Uh, but we're moving on to Tyrell hating his life as a CTO of E Corp. Does and not seem like a happy man. No, not at all. His uh, PA sort of runs down his schedule for the day. He tries to push it to the next day. Um, he's the next day is full too, and he she just congratulates him and tells him that she considers him a hero for you know everything, his role in all this, in, in the decryption of their files. It's interesting to see him um, juxtaposed with Dom. Yeah. Because they're just both very much like the same species of trapped animal in the mm-hmm. situation that they can't don't see a way out of. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's weird to me because Tyrell has already lost everything, right? Uh-huh. Where's the incentive for Tyrell? I understand the incentive for Dom, I guess we don't quite Tyrell's understand incentive. it yet. Yeah, I was going to say, we like... We know I, that he I, still I, wants to fight back, but... I thought that there was some leverage that they might have still had on him. I mean, uh, his wife and... His wife's dead. His kid's in a foster home. Is that it? Maybe though? he could get the kid back. Right. Like maybe that's not, his hope. The, the kid's not dead. The kid's not out of pocket yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Um, and he's very devoted to his 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 child. I think that's what it is. Okay. That would make sense. Um, so that's a quick scene, and then we move over to Dom. Like you said, uh, also miserable and very paranoid. She's mm-hmm. holed up in her mother's house, and somebody comes in. And she stalks through the house with her gun and nearly shoots the guy she that her mom uh, hired to renovate the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You think that's what he's really there for? It's, I mean, you want to say that Dom's paranoid and then, you know, Janice shows up. Right. 
clearly this could be someone the white rose put up to this but mm-hmm. like how would you ever know i think it's interesting that uh in between dom and the plumber is a giant literally framed white rose <laughs> implying that like she is over everything she's uh-huh. everywhere she's always listening she's always watching she's always got you right where she wants you so it's like it doesn't even matter whether the plumber is real or not it's mm-hmm. real to dom because she's like writing down everyone's license plate number and there's that, you know, like when she sees at the end of the episode, there's like all these, if you, you start paying attention to white unmarked boxes in the street, you see them everywhere, which mm-hmm. is probably why they're used for this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, she's just really, really illustrates the idea that she's in bad shape. Um, and it, her mom is so, I mean, maybe she's trying to be upbeat and positive to kind of like, you know, not feed into Dom's uh, depression and, yeah. and, and all that. But like it... Man, she's way off in left field. I do want. I wonder what Dom has told her mom. I mean, because just, obviously she hasn't told her about the, right. the dark army and stuff. She can't. Right. But what does her mom think is Dom's issue right now? I mean, she probably knows about the attempted attack on her life uh, in China. She probably mm-hmm. knows that her her. I, I her think it was been... boss was murdered in the line of duty. Um, like so, it's like. You don't have to understand much more than that to believe why a person would be and almost attacked her. Like that, that, I don't think he was lying when he said there are cameras all over the garage. So uh-huh. like that footage has come, you know, to the attention of the authorities. Yeah, 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 yeah. She could tell her about that. Yeah, she was kidnapped. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's it, a- but it does make sense that she would go to her mom's house. I mean, she wants to be alone. She wants to be away from people, and that's mm-hmm. the only person she can trust. I have to ask you a question as a resident Italian. Okay. What the fuck is mac and gravy? It's it's literally pasta with red sauce on it. Like the 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 meat sauce, the red sauce mm-hmm. is called gravy in a lot of Italian homes. They don't just call it spaghetti and meat sauce. No. Mac and gravy. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's gravy. it's very confusing if you don't know that gravy is like that red sauce. Because I was thinking like, literally, is this some kind of poutine bullshit <laughs> right, where Italian it's like mac poutine. and cheese with like uh, just gravy over it or or what? Nah. But uh, and and the other thing I want to point out is that uh, there's a wine bottle from 2017 in this uh, shot. I saw that, and uh, of course people were like really excited because like, oh man, maybe that doesn't play some travel. kind of time travel. But Sam Esmail just said, ah, no, it was our Starbucks cup moment. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what he's referring to, Game of Thrones had a pretty infamous fuck up where, right at uh, Queen Daenerys's table, there was a styrofoam Starbucks cup, very front and center. Oh yeah. Um. So, you know, production just, mistake. Uh, why why you're happen. freezing and going through frame by frame, or yeah. you're trying to analysis what, why a date is one one date off? Uh, always keep in mind that even the really careful, high budget, uh, thoughtful people can t- can fuck up. Yeah, I mean, I will. I- so I think there's something to that one day off thing um, well, it, because good, it because... happens consistently over and over and over in places right. that it shouldn't if people are paying attention. Right. But just because that is true does right. not doesn't mean... mean the wine bottle stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I believe him, frankly, when he says it was our mistake. Yeah. I don't uh, want to believe that he's the type of person that will lie. And that's where yeah. I'm almost like when I started reading some of those interviews where he poo pooed time travel, I'm like, hmm. boy, if it's just straight up time travel he i'll never trust another fucking thing he says yeah coming out coming out of his mouth all right move on to elliot slash mr robot looking through john garson's life online uh trying to find his connection where he might live things like that um with white rose's project nearing shipment elliot's becoming very impatient and mr robot tries to slow him down say don't make this personal let's just take it 
take our time, but Elliot is absolutely making it personal. He knows they're on a ticking clock, that White Rose is going to kill him uh, in the next week or so, and he wants that retribution that Angela couldn't get from Philip. Uh, so Elliot says his only focus is taking down White Rose, and then Darlene texts Elliot with some info about Angela. Did you notice that they're operating out of the old all-safe security I did, offices? I love that, yeah. yeah. This is where it all began, right? Again, go back to season one. He's... Uh, He's he's spending all of his time throwing himself into his job, but it's a completely different one now. And so much has changed. Like so many, yeah. you know, Gabriel, Gabriel being dead. Um, and I assume that's only possible because with the, the economy crashing, nobody has moved into this office. Probably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. He's going to have to move out soon. It, it's, it's a nice touch. I, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Um, and yeah, just his whole analysis of that... Um, you know, someone's got to do this because people are already forgetting. People are exhausted. Yeah. I'm ex- like, it, it's kind of like, you know, the show acknowledging why we all kind of put up with more shit than we should. Because how how the fuck you are, you, are you, how the fuck do you care about everything that you need to care about on a day to day basis? I'm, um, I'm looking forward to when Elliot and Dom hook back up to fight White Rose because he he needs to get his mind map game. I think he's gonna need everybody. I think we're gonna get have to get Ty, the Wellick back, uh, Dom, Mister Robot. Yeah. It's gonna take a small village of committed people, and I don't think Darlene doesn't seem like she's gonna be any help this season. Jesus. No, unless she can get her mind right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Darlene mm-hmm. seems freaked out. She says she thinks she saw Angela. Elliot dismisses the info and tells Darlene that Angela's dead and she shouldn't feel guilty because it wasn't their fault. Uh, and it's revealed that White Rose sent a picture of Angela with her brains blown out to Elliot, but he hasn't shown it to Darlene because it would break her heart. And they, they kind of refocus on John Garson. Yeah, there's an almost subliminal flash of that photo of Angela yeah. getting her brain, brains blown Freeze out. Freeze-framed it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't particularly gruesome. Nah. Just a small hole, little pool of blood. Uh-huh. But so, pretty conclusive br- uh, proof of death. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm imagining that's what... Uh, Grant 2.0 was talking about sending a reminder mm-hmm. uh, that that's what they sent to to let him know. Um, yep, for sure. There's also an interesting. She asked where Flipper is, which, if you recall, Flipper is the dog that he stole from one of his therapist boyfriends who was abusing him. And then when the cops took him in season two, they they grabbed him, grabbed the dog, and and treated it as recovered property, gave it back to the guy. And then last season, the guy dropped it off and said that she's sick and dying and I can't afford the vet bills. So he's act cagey about it. I don't know if he's genuinely forgotten about Flipper because he's he's going in this like manic mode about the, the White Rose project or if mm-hmm. Flipper is dead or if we're going to find anything out about that. There's also other vague references to like Angela taking care of uh, Elliot's fish mm-hmm. Um which now I guess is at Philip's house and right. There's there's so I, I don't know how much this stuff is important or if it's just important to show that like Elliot has not even remembered about any of this stuff or has completely forgotten to the exclusion of the other things that he's doing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and they you know they have this argument about you know whether or not they should feel guilty and who feels guilty and whether Angela's alive or whether she's dead I I love that moment where Angela says or I'm sorry Darlene says I saw Angela on the street and like Elliot makes this kind of like I can't fucking deal with this now face and smoothly Mr. Robot comes in (laughs) off left screen and just it's just showing the personas like seeding control and taking control and like just yeah. there it's much more of a ballet than it was in previous seasons. And then but how, I just loved it. And how during the fourth wall break that we'll get to here in a second, Mr. Robot is telling us like he's compartmentalizing, which means 
he's using me to deal with Darlene and because us. he can't think about it and us as yeah. 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 It's it's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's get there. Fourth wall break. Mr. Robot's telling us that Elliot's compartmentalizing the pain of Angela's death and White Rose's victory. And he's just shutting down. Uh, and he asks us to be Elliot's friend when the, essentially the cold, brutal reality of our existence closes in on him. And he uses, you know, the Christmas metaphor here. Um, and kind of all this is happening as we look at carolers and Elliot and Mr. Robot are headed over to this E-Corp building where they think John Garson is. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they get there, they... They show up with the delivery. He's let up. The doors open, and Elliot lets himself in. He finds no signs of life, and then they get locked inside. Apparently, Freddie set him up, and some guys show up and force Elliot out of the building. Boy, that is a sparse few words to describe uh, uh-huh. so many things happening. Uh, so, let so the Vanna Garson is in an E Court building, which kind of immediately raises Mister Robot's hackles, uh, and it's a very weird scene because you got the doorman eating the bowl of fruity pebbles. Mm-hmm. You got this man speaking in some kind of Polynesian language, but it turns out it's uh, Samoan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the actor that plays this guy showed up and read it. Yeah, um, and his name is Kalamete Kel- uh, Misapika. Huh. I hope I got that right. Okay. But they gave him the script in English, and then he just live translated into his mother tongue. But he said what he the, the translation of what he said. He said that my character is speaking to my beloved grandmother, uh, or I, he's speaking about his beloved grandmother and how she took his cousins and him when they were children, like a pie, the Pied Piper story, to a magical place at the farthest tip of their island, mm, and, Jurassic Park. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> and that if he has faith that the machine works that he'll see his grandma again. Yeah. Implying that he is an acolyte of white Rose, um, as well. And just another layer of the, the Angela fantasy delusion mm-hmm. is, is how she maintains control of a lot of her people. Probably why so many of them are willing to commit suicide yeah. rather than be, be taken alive. Um, because like, what is it? You know, so if they can, she can just be brought, if we can just be brought back when she achieves her objective, it's a very, I mean, it's it's a very it's it's a cult. It's a techno cult. Mm-hmm. She's running to Dark Army. Yeah, um, for sure. I also love the ticking sound that's kind of associated with White Rose that ha- that that uh, gets louder and louder right as right before Elliot knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do. I felt like it's a little bit clunky here. All the signs that this apartment is a honey trap, like the dust, yeah. the fact that the picture frames are empty, that there's price tags on it, all the stuff, the mm-hmm. fact that. You know, obviously nobody's there. Um, and then they find out that the door's locked behind them and there's no signal. And then Elliot makes a beeline to a bookshelf, grabs mm. the first thing he sees. It turns out it's Jean-Paul Sartre's uh, No Exit play. And that's and he sees that there's a Jean and then there's the Garson as a character. And he's like, ah, oh, we've been had. I'm like, what the fuck, I, man? I like this a lot because I think, okay, so... The, from what I was able to glean off of internet research, because I haven't read the the No Exit, um, is about three people trapped in a room together and essentially creating their own hell just mm. just by their presence, right? And if you look at it and you say, okay, we are trapped in a room here. It's it's not just it's not just Elliot. It's not just Mr. Robot. It's also us. Mm-hmm. There are your three people, um, and, and we're kind of all figuring this out at the same time, right? Like we figured out several pieces of the puzzle um, when we see this frame that has stock photo in it we're like oh boy something something is up here nobody's here 
Um, and then Mr. Robot's looking around the room going, oh shit, we're locked in here. Elliot gets the no exit thing. And by that time, everybody has figured it out and he kind of already knew anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of think it works, but I'm not familiar enough with no exit to really understand it. Yeah, I, so no exit keeps coming up. Like I feel like I've researched this a bunch because I'm pretty sure it's referenced in, I think, season two of Fargo. I think it's been referenced in... Uh, it got referenced in Mad Men. Like it's it's one of those kind of like uh, important works that people. Is it like 1984? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if you never read 1984, by the time you're 30, 40 years old, you're going to know what 1984 is about. It's because it's a constant cultural touchstone. Hmm. And the other, so you, you laid out kind of like the points for it. Um, there's also an interpretation that's kind of neat because like this is essentially a metaphor for the afterlife. Uh-huh. And that at the end of the episode when Elliot's dying, um, it literally comes true with his uh, personifications of a mother, father, and his younger self arguing about what's happening to him. Right. Um, so, yeah, these people being, you know, it, it's also, if you've heard the quote, hell is other people, mm-hmm. that's from this play. And I think that would be a hell for him specifically because he didn't he didn't fix the problem, right? He didn't get a chance. He's dying now. He's He's going to forever live with that. Yeah, the and, people he's hurt and he can't make it right. Yeah, and and the the Wikipedia description said that it's a, it's about Sartre's uh, ideas about the the perpetual ontological struggle of being caused by trying to see oneself as an object from the view of another's consciousness, <laughs> which is pretty heady stuff with the Mister Robot concept of m- multiple personalities, fraction. Yeah. So if you want to go into the Angela date off uh, host theory i think later yeah, on it so kind of speaks to that man i didn't have time to jump into that whole thing well let's talk I, I let's wait, like so, someone it, asked but... us about it in the feedback let's just wait to talk about it there because okay. i it's one of those things where i kind of dismissed as kooky in previous seasons but you know yeah. there might be and, some there there yeah that, that's the one-off kind of stuff but yeah yeah i i didn't have time to get my head around that yeah. um it, it is interesting to me you know i guess another point toward Elliot being sloppy as he fell for a fucking honeypot that I think Mr. Robot sure. knew was a honeypot. He was just compartmentalizing, didn't give a shit. Yeah. And now he's off on this white rose thing and gets caught and yeah. killed. And that's the thing is like, even though Elliot's a very smart person, he isn't, he's not neurotypical. Like he doesn't think yeah. and act and process information the way the average person does. So like, mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I'm willing to give the show a little bit of leeward way of, well, they want Elliot us to think he's falling for obvious traps because he's just very single focused, single minded yeah. and focused about it. And he just, you mm-hmm. know, plus also, I think the reality is the second they walked in the door and the door shut, it was already too late. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but he's also under extreme time pressure, right? Like yes. they thought the Freddy thing was going to lead to uh, more information than they got out of him. And now but they have again, clues, but they got to follow up fast. I-, I felt like Elliot fucked up his whole deal with with Freddie too, because like if yeah. uh, he was a little bit more empathetic and understood how people thought, like telling mm-hmm. him the truth about all the situation he's in and what he's there, like he should have been like, yeah, I'm just trying to rip off one of your clients. Yeah, yeah. And this is just a money thing. And as soon as we're done, we're done. But I, I mean, the it's cops not, are I guess, following you, right? I guess like, once the Dark Army shows up, it's like, yeah, you could say that these are FBI investigators or right. something, but like just he's not, he's not. On his best day, Elliot struggles with those human interaction yeah. finer points, um, and he's not having anywhere near a sequence of his best days. So um, that's just part that's part of his weakness. Like you know, Superman's got kryptonite, Elliot's got human interaction, yeah, uh, and depression and mental illness to struggle with. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Dom, her mom, and a woman named Janice uh, having what I thought was Christmas dinner. I think this is just prior to Christmas dinner. 
Well, they, they do set the, the the way we know it's December 22nd is the security cam footage of Elliot getting okay. drug out to the sound of Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yeah, which I've it had as, stuck in my head all day. Yeah, and I loved, <laughs> I, I loved the juxtaposition of it. Yeah. And the date says 12-22-2015. Uh, and it's I think okay. four, it's either right at 4 o'clock or 4.30. It's very hard to tell a zero from a three with that like blurry digital font display. Did but, it say what day of the week it was? That's, um, that's what everybody wants to know. It, it, I don't think they've established it yet. No. Okay. Uh, so after dinner, Dom apologizes to Janice for her mother trying to set them up. And Janice reveals that she, that she knows quite a bit more about Dom's life than she really should specifically about a meeting that she really needs to attend to help clean up Santiago's mess. Lest something very bad happen to her mother. Uh, I think this is a demonstration of just how easy it is for the Dark Army to get to get inside her life if they need to. Yeah, and it's chilling because, number one, I, I guess I didn't expect it. I thought this was just like a slice of Dom's life of like yeah. how hard it is for her. And, you know, then when it turns like because she was so paranoid before and she'd kind of relax and I'd kind of relaxed. And, you know, this person does not look like the type of person that Dark Mm -hmm. the, the the dark army would use but then yeah when does? they send goons they're almost always chinese for one yeah uh and and they've never sent someone quite like this but you could also say the same thing about um irving irving yeah. from <laughs> the piece of work from, from the season before it's like it's not like used car salesman mm -hmm. kind of like this dumpy uh librarian looking woman like that and and when she when she says like oh you got to get up early for that meeting at santiago you've been dragging it out and it's starting to raise suspicion like I wonder if Dom thought like she could maybe run out the clock, hmm. um, and here's like you know just fail to cooperate nope. in a sort of you're, benign way. You you gotta and and it it also puts all Santiago's bullshit last season into focus too. It's like you know maybe you know what I I don't know what the play is because really like you know it's it's reminded me a lot of like when we watched Narcos and hmm. uh, just how Escobar had that whole country by the short curlies because if it. The first people to be got against them get shot and killed. Like yeah. it literally takes many, 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 many people all coming forward against the threat of getting shot. Like mm -hmm. it's a miracle that corruption at that level gets ever uh, subverted or thwarted. Yeah. And it's kind of a testament to the human spirit that, you know, inevitably, uh, you know, uh, evil and malignance and corruption get rooted out. Like, or it seems like that's like the, the long arc of human history. Um but it just shows, like, you know, what do you do? What what the fuck do you do? And I have no idea how she's going to, I guess, do what I expect of this season, which is to come back together with Elliot and start working against White Rose because she's under such surveillance it's all gotta the time. It's got to be up to Elliot because Elliot's the only one that has the skill set to do that kind of, yeah, you know, finessing of the situation and the and he's, he's got it all he's got the computer hacking he's got the people hacking he could probably make that happen yeah um and i uh, hope so i, I think he will it. i think he will all right we go to darlene who's living in angela's apartment or i don't know if she's living there but she's certainly there throwing a party uh a couple of she's guests raging there <laughs> she is a couple of guests go in angela's room and start what the fuck? Rummaging through her shit, treating her like a fucking talking about how fucking Kmart mental going she out of must business. be. Yeah, or yeah. I think they're also like thinking of stealing some of her clothes. God, taking liberties. Get Darlene. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before, probably from your parents, but get better friends. Yeah, upgrade Jesus your friends. Christ. Yeah. Uh, so she shuts down the party and breaks down crying in Angela's bed. Uh, what did you make of the flat Earth uh, <laughs> discussion? Is that just uh, is it a, is it a uh, 
yeah, jab at like the conspiracy, like the theorists on Reddit, like poking and prodding every little thing and reading too much into things. Could and be. Could be. It or might could be just a be a sign of the fictitious times we live in. Like the fact that sure. like fucking flat or like for the, I first became aware of that like when I first got on the internet. Mm hmm. And there was several Usenet groups dedicated to like exploring this. And when I looked at it, I thought it was all in good fun. Like this flattest society, me like this was just people being eccentric and being kind of harmless, kind of like the, the church's subgenus or like any of these kind of internet subversive things. And like I'll be damned if time and time again you see something started ironically that ends up being act like like that ends up being adopted non ironically the longer it goes on. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's also a reference to that kind of phenomenon yeah yeah uh i i find it funny that this one girl hides in the closet like one of them gets pulled out by her hair and thrown <laughs> down the hall and the other one is kind of takes that opportunity to get in the closet away from this crazy darlene yeah know? you you marry poppins whore <laughs> what is that i'm not i'm I, familiar with mary poppins um mm -hmm. I could even like imagine what a Mary Poppins whore would look like. Uh, I I just think it's it's a very funny insult. I just can't quite picture. I I, I wish I completely understood where Darlene's <laughs> coming from. To be fair, she is extremely high. She's yes. just taking drugs that she doesn't even know the name of. She's done several right. lines of coke. Right. She's yeah. supremely fucked up. Um, she might literally be seeing Mary Poppins in her head. Yeah, that's true. It's true. There's dancing penguins. Uh -huh. There's Dick Van, Dick Van Dyke <laughs> just shot out of a chimney. Yeah. 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 Who knows. All right, and then we go to the final scene of these these guys who kidnapped Elliot, taking him to his apartment, shooting him up with a lethal dose of what I think is heroin as he mm -hmm. lashes out at White Rose, telling them that the Cypress info will all go public if he dies, which, I mean, how, how many times can you fall back on, you know, I've got the I've got the kill switch set, and if you kill me, this info is going out. It like, might, they always, do that with it, it every might single... always be true. It's, you know... Right, right. It's just like, at some point, hmm, okay. Well, yeah, I guess nobody can ever do anything because something bad will happen if they do it. And... Right. I mean, find whatever fucking shell account that's hosted in Thailand that he's using yeah. and through the 17 proxies he's no doubt tunneling through and, and scrub it. Until then, it's going to always work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like asking how many times can you threaten to kill someone's parents before they just said, you know what? Fuck it. Kill them. Like, it's yeah. answer is infinity. That's the whole deal with blackmail. Like, it always is going to work until you can eliminate the leverage the person has on you. Yeah, I now, guess when we're talking about, you know, fictional yeah. uh, works, I, I start to go, is this a crutch they're just leaning on because they can't think of anything better? Or the, the question is, is he bluffing? Work. That's a good question. I because think yes. we had a whistleblower leak all this information out to the press, and uh -huh. no one gave a shit. Right. Like that that's something that like I you know, twenty fifteen, that's about when the Panama papers came out. I mean, that's the funny thing about this is like Ooh, this being stuck in 2015 like the world's moved on and we mm. it's moved on in ways that have informed what goes on in mr robot and mm. it's like entirely possible that elliot could have all this stuff rigged to blow and then no one would just get no one would give a shit because it's christmas sure. and we're buying our discounted stocking stuffers with ecoin and thank god Thank God we're not having to pay $75 for a rack of ribs at Red Wheelbarrow anymore. Yeah, and I think that's one of the time pressures on Elliot here yeah. is getting getting more information out there, getting this taken care of before the public just doesn't give a shit about anything anymore. Because mm -hmm. like he says, they're already forgetting about 5-9. They're already forgetting about the bombings of E-Corp. Like, well, no, no, it's not just that like that. It's also the opposite can be true where it's like sometimes the public hears so much about a certain thing yeah. that's fucked up that people are like, oh, God, this again? Mm -hmm. So what? Oh, what's different? Like... 
But I think in the context of this episode, uh-huh. I doubt Elliot has this kill switch set up. I think mm. it does feel like a bluff. Yeah. Um, because he's so sloppy in this episode and he's so singularly focused on getting back at White Rose. I don't think he's thought this entirely through. Yeah. I don't think he has these safeties in place. Yeah. It's funny though, because like back to back, like on the deuce, there was another character like trying to talk his way out of certain death. And it's mm-hmm. like, beat for beat they go through the same like try to threaten then cajole then beg then uh like they go there's a must there's got to be someone's done this like five stages of begging for your life yeah you know like try this and if that doesn't work try this and if that doesn't work then try that and then blam you're dead yeah so they leave him for dead and he sees his family talking about how they're all gonna go away and they didn't think it was gonna be like this uh and then we have a flashback to all of the, I think they're all good moments. Uh, there were a lot of flashes here, but they're all it, sweet moments between him, his family, Angela, everything that was good in his life. Or people, like, if they're not friends and family, they're people that tried to help him, like Gloria, his therapist. They they uh, did. They were all they were all happy moment, uh, memories. And I, I as I was watching this, I remember in the preseason coverage how some people said that, like, Elliot takes a back seat, and I'm like, this am I watching them kill the main character off? Yeah, and like this is going to become like Dom's story and Tyrell's story and Darlene's story and Dar because because I I kept on thinking that Darlene is very season one Elliot and okay like her being yeah. kind of like overwhelmed and emotional and like fucked and up on drugs all the time who isn't and, there yeah and yes starting to see things that aren't there and I'm like oh that would be interesting and I was trying to like talk myself into that possibility because like at first I thought well he's gonna do something with the phone to call Darlene with his last, but that seemed to be failing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Holy shit. It seemed doomed from the moment he tried it, right? Just the, uh, his ability was fading so quickly. You're not going to be able to, to, to do that. No. And so we cut to credits with him. And and I'm like, wow. But then it cuts right back. Yeah. And those same guys come back in and they wake Elliot up with a nasal spray. And this time Philip is present. Yeah. What's going on here? The best idea I saw was that this is Philip trying, beginning his epic revenge against White Rose. Okay. That yeah. he wanted to see Elliot committed uh, in the same way his daughter was. Like, she went out saying, I don't give a shit. I'm on, I don't care who it hurts. If it, if it kills, I'm going to take White Rose down. And, like, those were the exact same things Elliot was saying. Like, are mm-hmm. you... Like, even against certain death, are you going to waver? Are you going to punk out? And once he's been tested, then he can be used. Now, how that's not satisfying to me because I don't want to see Elliot as a pawn of, 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 of Philip Price to get revenge on White Rose. But mm-hmm. I do like that it's a complication. I'm trying to remember how much... How aware is Philip of Elliot's involvement with the entire scheme because I know there's a scene where he meets Elliot in Tyrell's house and he talks about, you know, Tyrell being installed as CTO as mm. simply a puppet mm. position. Like, I think he did knows. he know really who Elliot was? Did he know that yeah. he was involved with White Rose's plans? I'm pretty sure if, if not in season one, then season two for sure. Cause I, I like the test, I, I don't know a test and how do you pass the test by getting shot full of drugs and, so you're not, you're never going to like, you're never like, you're not going to ever say like, Hey, I'll work, you know, like I'll, I'll work with her. Or I'll do that. Or, you know, you, I don't know. I, that's, that's the only thing I can think of like else. Why would you do that? Well, I thought when he started speaking to white Rose, maybe that's what made 
Philip take notice because these are clearly I, I don't think these are white roses guys, right? No. This is this is Philip's honeypot. Mm-hmm. For anybody who ever found Cyprus National Bank, Ooh. where they're doing all of the transactions through, I think Philip set this all up. This this it's whole E Corp building, which right. we associate as being owned by White Rose, but it's most directly held by E Corp, who right. you know Philip's a big was a big part of that. And you know he's part of the financial system. He probably had the hookups through the Cyprus guys to get all this shit transferred. I'm thinking that this is Philip's yeah, honeypot, not but, White Roses, because why would that dude in the lobby, the 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 Samoan guy, was definitely babbling about White Rose shit. So like uh-huh. maybe he was able to get there before the Dark Army types got there, or he was like he he knew that. But I, what I, power I, at this point would what would Philip have in White Roses organization? Like, wouldn't he, he be the puppet? Like, yes, but I think he has enough resource that he might be able to manage a hack to get into this like honeypot because it's not like white rose is looking for elliot to try this right and sure so i I, that that's the only thing i can think of because like you know that guy's that what what he's saying there on the phone is was white rose nonsense you Mm know um yeah but we're not supposed Uh, to know maybe it's white rose's guy guarding his honeypot like right yeah, we're not supposed to know. We're supposed right. to be doing exactly what we're doing, which is and guessing I, I wildly. I saw some out there shit like yeah. it's going to turn out that Elliot actually did die, and this is like mm-hmm. the whole season's going to be the last Don't vestiges of consciousness. There's like a theory that he's actually in a fishbowl type of environment, and there's some kind of artificial kind of kind of like what they did with the prison, only on a larger yeah, scale yeah. in season two, mm-hmm. which wasn't my favorite thing they tried nope. to do. Like I. I don't know. I what's a test, but it's it, is it like is this Philip Price's version of like the White Rose computer test that he put Angela through? Hmm. Like I, I don't yeah. know what it tells him. I don't know what he gets out of it. I will probably understand appreciate it in the weeks to come, but I I yeah I have no idea. Okay, yeah, we'll find out more next episode because that's the end of it. Sam Esmail looks down, looks into the camera, and says goodbye, friend, and then. You know, he yeah. wakes back up. Yeah, if in if, if you didn't know that that the 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 needle man was Sam Esmail. Yeah. Who's the creator of the show? Uh we talked about this precast. I only because I recognize Sam Esmail because I've seen him so much, it did like I was really engrossed in the episode and seeing his face. Um, just because I know him, just because I know he's a showrunner, just because I know like you know the kind of shit he likes to get up to as far as fucking with us, like I didn't like it. It brought me it immediately just like had flashing red neon signs. You know, this is stage, stagey, stage. It, it's huh, same okay. thing when Quentin Tarantino like drags himself onto his own movies. Like you're not a great actor. Yeah, this is uh, like I, I don't begrudge you because like whatever it's your show, but like for me personally, now I, I wonder if like if you're just a person watching a home and this is just some creepy dude staring at you that it doesn't mm-hmm. bother you but knowing he self-inserted himself did bother me in the same yeah, way like i mean if, he says he says two words like I, i'm not it's uh, not even that like if vince gilligan had had been like uh you know uh, a waiter serving walter white bacon in a denny's it would have bothered me the same way it's like i'm watching a show and i'm engrossed with it and i'm forgetting that this just is takes Brian. you out of it yeah it just it just like it just yanked me out of it reminding me i'm watching something fake okay that's fair. But yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not yeah, saying this is an authoritative opinion, but yeah. Uh, uh, shall that, we do the thing it. we do where we look up the mailbag and see what kind of crazy stuff people are getting, getting up to. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, robot at baldmove.com is how you get into the aforementioned crazy fishbowl. Uh, that, that is our mailbag. Okay. 
Travis starts out with, hey, fellas, welcome back to the Sam Esmail Sadist Variety Hour. Thanks. It's good to be back. Word on the street is everybody loved this episode, and I really appreciated a lot of it, but I know I'm in the minority, but Angela was my favorite character, and her opening scene death, while well done, seemed like a load blown too soon. Pardon my phrasing. Her last scene with Elliot was in 309 when she's being loopy in his apartment, which feels kind of wrong in retrospect. Within five minutes of learning about Price's parentage, she's killed and kind of fridged. More on that later. What's the point of her learning that? The last season and the fact that there's now no chance of the original trio, Elliot, uh, Angela, and Darlene working together is disappointing to me. She seemed like she had so much more story potential, at least more for Darlene and Tyrell. Is it me? Uh, And is it me, but does the biggest terrorist attack in U.S. history... Uh, in 306 seem like an afterthought now anyway these are my criticisms Darlene with the ballet shoes was very effective the Sam and Emmy cameos were fun also if you didn't notice Emmy Rosam mm-hmm. who is Sam Esmail's wife was one of the carol- carolers yeah yeah it's a hard one to say carolers <laughs> Uh, Jake Busey sequence is well executed and for a second thought I thought we were getting scenes from the finale due to Esmail's fuckery I mean we got Angela and Elliot kind of dying in the same episode <laughs> What do you guys think? So I think the Angela's death serves a purpose more for Philip than it does for obviously Angela because she's gone. Uh, but you know we needed to know that that was his daughter because that provides motivation for him, right? So we need to understand that going forward. And then how how do you do that? How do you reveal that information without Angela? It'd be harder. I don't know that Angela was always intended to die. Like, this could be a scheduling thing. This could be... Well, that's uh, what Esmail said. He, he said, like, we wrote ourselves into a corner at the end of this uh, last season. Yeah. And we just couldn't figure out how to get out of it reasonably. Um, it's also entirely possible that this is a deliberate misdirection, killing her in the very few first minutes of the show mm-hmm. and concealing her in the trailer could be a very long con to uh, show that something else is happening. Now... I think the way they showed her being shot and the picture that Elliot got as confirmation like would imply that there's almost something mystical happening. But they've I, I don't know, because I, I do clearly remember a scene in season two where it felt like there was a power surge and time rolled backwards. Right. And it's entirely possible that was some kind of drugged up illusion uh, uh, or delusion that Angela's having. But Angela at that point in time wasn't like prone to being drugged up. And she's always seemed like she's had a fairly stable, uh, you know, an emotional and mental bearing um, up until, you know, some of the, the season three stuff. I I don't know, because like I know you always hated Angela, but I always thought she was an interesting character. I really liked how they were playing with her, you know, all white Angela, Angel versus Darlene D for Devil, uh, you know, wearing devil horns and wearing red and black. Like there is like the two sides of of uh, you know uh, trying to appeal to El- El- Elliot's better or worser angels, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a vital part of the story. So it could be that like they're priming Angela to be join the 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 mr robot delusion in elliot's head mm-hmm. um and the fact that darlene see kind of seeing her too because all the drugs could be a way for elliot to that that kind of sneak into his mind i i don't know because i thought she's a great actor i thought she brought a lot to the show and it it would make just as much sense for them to being doing all this so it's a genuine surprise when she comes back and plays a bigger part i just don't think she's going to play a big part as a living breathing person okay 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that last part. Yeah. Certainly. And as far as the other stuff you said, I think you that's a that's a plain reading, but that's unfortunate uh, because. Uh, I want to read Haley, uh, whose email says, I'm going to make this short. I mean, you guys talk about how Angela marks the third character to be fridged in the show, the same same uh, uh, phrase that Travis used. Uh, Shayla, Joanna, now Angela. I'm sure I'm missing another one, too. Have you heard of this term, fridged? It's, it's it kind sounds of, familiar, but it, I don't know It's very what it similar. It's, it's named kind of like in the same way Jump the Shark is named after Fonzie, literally jumping a shark, which was, was sort of seen as like the... High water mark of happy days where it just all sucked from there. Yeah. Fridged is named after an episode or a, a comic book issue of the Green Lantern where he comes home to find either his wife or his lover murdered and literally shoved in his refrigerator. And it's it's a uh, it's a trope named because it's a woman whose death is used only to further the ambitions, revenge pathos of the male character because they've killed his girl they've killed his daughter they've raped mm. his wife or whatever and now he's out and it immediately gives you emotionally invested um what were the other two uh, uh shayla, shayla and joanna and joanna yeah um so if it's all as you analyze like this is a pretty clear the case of a woman being fridged and yeah. i don't think it so here's the thing it's incredibly effective because everyone can put yourselves in that situation like you we've all had people we've loved uh they've uh, we've lost people and you could put yourselves in shoes of like what you would feel like if if uh if, if you'd found out that someone had been murdered that you cared about and now you you're, you're primed for revenge and the only reason it's a problem is because throughout cinematic history um it's primarily been male at, uh, protagonists whose women have been fridged. Like if it was a 50, 50 male female and you know, and then like, I think we see that more and more when you have female action heroes and females are taking the lead as like their boyfriends and their husbands are getting fridged too. But yeah, yeah. yeah like if it's just to make Philip price feel like he's, uh, he, he, like 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 redeeming him and making him into a protagonist you can root for. It is kind of shitty mm -hmm. because she did have a lot more to offer the show than to just be the uh, like a, a man's, you know, extra emotional. Oomph he needs to 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 do whatever he's needing to do. Um, so like I, yeah, I never felt like she was that during her story, right? Like mm -hmm. her storyline was very much her own in a lot of ways. It was kind of she her was and Elliot's story. And... I, you lost your dad. I lost my mom right. through the same thing. We want like, and they were pursuing, you know, their remedies in different ways. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those ways came together. Sometimes they didn't. Elliot used his powers and abilities. End, she used her yeah. powers and abilities to, you know, to advance their both agendas. And but, so, yeah. but here in the end, I did feel like she didn't have, she didn't have a way forward in this story that mm -hmm. uh, like do, do I, I i guess i have to ask myself okay do i picture a, a season four in which angela you know goes out there and does some detective work that you know somehow elliot can't do and and cracks open the case of what's going on in the congo why why this machine is so important whether or not it's real mm -hmm. do i buy that that could happen and i just don't see her being a a powerful enough uh, person in this world to get that done and so where does that leave her yeah so i could see you being i could see a person being upset or like not, yeah, not even sure. just upset but just like kind of roll your eyes at like oh this shit again but right right there's also it's entirely possible that there's still stuff coming down the pike um mm -hmm. but you know it, it's also i'm not going to pre-defend esmail like that's something he wouldn't do because it's shit it's sure it's 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 a trope for a reason mm-hmm um and uh just just much much like damsel in distress all the kind of different ways 
Um, women have been used in cinema um, for for maybe not super great empowering reasons. He could certainly be the the the, the latest in a very long line of that. But but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, last up, Melody H. I was sh- man. A lot of people want to talk about Angela. Wonder why. Hmm. Uh, I was shocked to see Angela murdered in the opening moments of Mr. Robot, but I feel like it's probably time for that character to exit the show in one way or another. Uh, Melody agrees with you, Jim. Yeah. I'm curious what you guys think about what this means for the remainder of the show. By the end, Angela had become unhinged, railing on about how White Rose was going to return her mother and Elliot's father. Her interactions with White Rose led to a lot of fun theorizing about what on earth White Rose had planned. Did all those theories die right alongside with Angela? As she was the only character who truly believed, is her death a signal from Esmail that those theories should be put to rest? <laughs> I hope not, as I'm a good or as I'm a sucker for a good sci-fi, timey-wimey type plotline. But I'm curious as to your thoughts. Um, I don't think so, because clearly, like we, you know, we talked about the translation of this guy on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other people who believe as she yeah. did, right? So yes, she's dead, and maybe that is Esmail trying to put a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> So let's talk about this. I thought this would be a good springboard for our final kind of topic, which is a discussion of these, you know, Angela off by one theories. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't fully, I don't fully understand, but this, to my understanding, there was a point where Angela listed off a date. She said like Tuesday, October 21st, extremely early on in the show. First meeting with the guys from E Corp at yes. All Safe. And if you go back and look in 2015 and you look at that date, it was, and I'm just using for examples because these are not literal, these are just me, you know, trying to explain the concept. Is like if she said October 21st, which was a Tuesday, October 21st in 2015 is actually a Wednesday. Right. She's off by one day. She's That's off by one day, part. which is an incredibly common programming mistake to make. If you're ever like I've made asking it many times, you're asking a computer to project a f- several months or weeks or something. It's very like what you know. It, it's it's a nightmare for a computer to figure out because they're you know the days don't stay consistent from year to year the months mm-hmm. are all different lengths uh, and and a lot of times you get in trouble like saying what is a year from now is that a calendar year is that 365 days is that mm-hmm. 52 weeks and it's it's very easy to to get these calculations to where you're you're a day off of where you should be there's another type of off by one error which uh-huh. is basically everything in a computer well. It, it, this is why it's a problem okay, because yeah, okay, many yeah, systems yeah, yeah. will index on zero, which means they start counting at zero yeah. and go up one, two, three, four to nine. Yeah. But many systems also begin at one and go one, two, three, four all the way to zero. So right. like, it becomes yeah. very confusing and very yeah. hard to keep straight. It, it, you have it, to consult real, documentation. Yeah, a real life one is like our 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 date system. If you go like you calculate how many years between I don't know six oh seven BCE and nineteen fourteen CE, uh-huh. uh, you will be off by one because there's no zero year. <laughs> right. There was no one born in the year zero AD or zero BC. So. Mm-hmm. There's there's stuff like that that causes you to get to get tripped up when you're doing the math and the calculations of it. And there's been many many instances of when this seems like deliberate, unlike the wine bottle 2017, yeah. where dates are listed and and the day of the week is listed with it, and it's off by one. And there's like it probably a half over and over again. Yeah, there's a half dozen or more of those examples. And it's always yeah. it's, it's it's some of them aren't as prominent as like Angela speaking it. Sometimes it's just like emails on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, here's where it breaks down, because somehow this ties in with this Angela as a host theory. This is the part I don't get, yeah. Um, that there's something artificial or constructed by the Angela, or you're supposed to understand that... Uh, so, like, okay, Elliot is the host for Mr. Robot's consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. 
one of the Angela as a host theory is that we've actually gotten this wrong and Angela is the host and Elliot and Mr. Robot are both aspects of her. Okay. And there's this guy, particular on Reddit, or he could, it could be a woman, um, or could be those who lie between. Uh, there, there's someone to get this theory, and they've done a lot of exhaustive research about all the opportunities where, like, you could make a case that Elliot is inside Angela. And there's a couple things that neatly explain it. Like, for example, Angela has fairly sophisticated hacking powers out of nowhere in season three. And she even goes and saying like, Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I can do that. And she just goes in and crushes it. Doesn't know what a femto cell is, but yet she can hack with the best of them. Right now. Maybe she picked up a little bit more from all safe um, or may, and, or maybe she got really well schooled by Elliot or maybe Elliot is a part of her core personality and she's made up all this shit. Hmm. Um, obviously, Angela, the host dying, is a problem for this theory. And I didn't get a chance because, my, my God, this show, I literally research up until Jim says it's time to start the mics. It's time to hit roll the cameras. Yeah. So I, I sat down to kind of read this person's ideas, what the late, how he's evolving the host theory. Um, and I saw a comment on like the main show thread where he was going in about how this might not be the death of the Angela's a host theory or it might evolve. But I... I didn't quite because I honestly I barely understood the Angela as a host theory because I remember dismissing it as kind of patent nonsense. Mm -hmm. So like, and you do that, you like you know anytime I'm doing like uh, Westworld or True Detective, there's people have their pet theories. Some of them I think yeah. are interesting and I follow. Some of them I talk about the podcast and think it's crazy. So when I see it resurface, I'm like, oh that shit again. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I just know that there's somehow this is connected with the one day being off and Angela as the actual host person, the actual host body for all these personalities. Uh, okay, do you I, have, do you have any missing pieces? I, I have a question that maybe we can research for next week or someone who is more familiar with this theory can write it in and let us know. Perhaps this, this person on Reddit even, um, how does that mesh with white Rose having seemingly met both Angela and Elliot? And and not not acting like they are the same person, right? Like when so, he says she was when Philip says she was my daughter, she's still on board with trying to kill Elliot. I think that it would be easy for White Rose to compartmentalize it since that is what she herself does. You know, okay, White Rose. But there's prevents... a physical body somewhere, yes? Yeah, sure. And if she has just shot that physical body in the head. Oh, Why would she saying. be concerned about Elliot? Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how you evolve the theory beyond Angela getting her brains blown out. Okay. Maybe somebody who does, you know, has done the research and understands this can write in and explain that. Because that's possible? a huge here's problem the thing. in my we see. Okay. I mean, if I if I want to go full-blown, Sam Asmail is a fucking lunatic asshole, and I'm going to hate him at the end of the All season. Right, he's lying, and it's time travel, interdimensional nope, not even stuff, that. multiple hosts. We didn't see Angela die. We saw her die in blurry background with Philip okay. Price. Uh, um, uh, the back turn. There's a uh -huh. red mist. Maybe it was a paintball. And this is all like a... And then and we saw like a half-frame or two or three frames at 24 frames a second of her having a hole in her head. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what? It looked like a Hollywood makeup job to me. <laughs> Didn't look like someone with a hole in her head. Looked like someone had some fucking makeup put on. The maybe hole was even, on the wrong side. Maybe that's, some even digital that blow effects. went through the front. So like, yeah, it's in it, the way it was framed and the way they're doing it. It's like, it's, it's entirely possible that Angela's not dead. I don't, 
think that's actually true. I'm just saying that I can't mm. prove it with the evidence that we have before And us. how could you? Not prove it to by Reddit detective standards, for sure. Right, you never could, though. So I think that would be stupid. I would much rather actually her be cloned or be in a robot body or, uh, you know... I think that's one of the key one-off things, too, is that Angela's artificial. She's an artificial construct because, like, that's something computers do and people don't. Like, they get dates wrong. People never get dates If you're listening to the podcast, I just made a, like, face. You know, like, like <laughs> come on, bro, uh, face. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. But, you know, okay. all will be revealed yeah. in the fullness of time. We'll know in I'm the next 12 weeks. Of. Yeah. Uh, and that's all the feedback we've got. Uh, you can send more in to robot at baldmove.com. We also have our forums, forums.baldmove.com, where we have weekly discussion threads for the episodes. If you'd like to get in and do some of your... Angela as a time-traveling Doctor Who host, mm-hmm. Westworld, Dolores theory. I mean, have we we ever thought that, like, you know, Darlene goes by Dolores Hayes, uh-huh. like Dolores Abernathy, yep. like the robot from Westworld? I mean, come on, Elliot sheeple. always wears that cowboy hat. There you, you go. Know, like... Come Mr. on. Robot wore, he's wearing a, a scarf this episode. We've never seen Mr. Robot in a scarf. Mr. Robot doesn't wear, so what is this, Harry Potter? Was this the man in black? Did Snape kill Dumbledore? I, <laughs> we're going to blow the lid off this whole fucking thing, episode by episode. We'll be back with the next week's. Uh, and until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.